Good morning. If anyone is in the foyer or by the tables, we just invite you to make your way into the sanctuary. All the kiddos running around, that's awesome. Come on in, find a seat. And I'd just like to pray before we get started. So for anyone who is already seated, let's just bow our heads and just kind of prepare our hearts for the service this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence here. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would quiet our hearts and our minds so that we can focus on, on you this morning. That if there's any worries or fears from the week or that we're thinking ahead to, that we'd be able to just know that you're with us in them. Um, and in some ways that we could just kind of set it aside, not forget about it, not ignore it, but just still be able to worship you t today. Um, and I just pray that this could be a restful day and that we could really experience Sabbath together. And um, I thank you for everyone who's here and just what you want to teach them and how you want to be in a relationship with us. So we want to extend that back to you and say, yes, we want to be in a relationship with you as well. And we just thank you for your presence. Amen. Please stand. Let's sing Hosanna, Praises Rising. Three, four. You may be seated. So again, we just invite the Holy Spirit here. Um, we know that God is present with us, and we're reminded of that verse where even just two people or more gathered together in the name of Jesus, then his presence is here. So we can hold on to that promise and just be so thankful. Um, the call to worship 
uh, is Psalm 119, verses 1 to 8. So feel free to just listen um, to these words. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways would be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Let's pray a prayer of confession. Lord, we come before you um, in confidence and joy, but also in grief and sorrow, and just acknowledgement that you've created us to be humans in right relationship with you and others and ourselves and the world, and we, we are not in right relationship. Um, we fall short and we don't live, to our, live up to our full potential, and that's true for each and every one of us. And so even though we don't want to linger in this place, we need to acknowledge that and say that we're, we're sorry and that we need help. And thank you for reaching out and helping us, helping us do what we can't do for ourselves. Um, and so we sing this next song to you as a confession. Amen. Let's sing, give us clean hands. assurance of forgiveness when we repent, which means to change our mind or change our direction. And so please stand if you're able for the next two songs, and we'll just um, enjoy and rejoice in the power of forgiveness.
let's sing Not Be Shaken as we are confident in our choice to follow God and moving forward in that. have a seat and we are trying to be more consistent as worship leaders and praying for the offering acknowledging the offering as a part of our worship part of our worship to God is offering back our resources including money for the work of the church and the kingdom of God so please bow with me now as we pray a blessing for the offering and the givers Father, creator, you have created all things, and anything less than gratitude is an unright attitude for us. You have allowed us to be creative and to work hard and produce things as well, but we want to acknowledge that everything comes from you. And we want to acknowledge that our gifts and offerings um, are part of our worship in giving back our physical um, money, time, prayers. There's so many different ways we can offer our parts of ourselves to you, but we just pray a specific blessing on the money that is given, whether online or in the box at the back. And we pray that this money will be put to good work, that it will not be wasted, and that it will further your kingdom um, locally and beyond. Please bless the gift and the giver. Amen. 
If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 to 37. Matthew 5, 21 to 37. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be simply yes or no. Anything more than that comes from evil. Good morning. Let's bow together to dismiss little ones to Children's Church. Your God, we pray for each and every one children in our congregation this morning. Lord, we pray as they go to children's church, they will learn wonderful things about you. We pray that they will have an awesome time. We pray, God, we pray you will be there, just as we pray that you will be here this morning with us in the big sanctuary as well. So Lord, we put that before you. Amen. All right, ages 3 to 11, down the hall that way. If you have your bulletins on you, now is the time to pull them out. We have a couple things that we are talking about. The first one, right there at the top, 12 p.m. I know this is going to come as a surprise, but there is a potluck after the service today. And cleanup is for names A to M. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to say right off, if I all of a sudden really forget half the sermon, it's because it smells really good, and all I had for breakfast this morning was a half bowl of Cheerios, because that was when I ran out of Cheerios. So, look forward to that immediately after the service. We'll just go to the back, pray. It'll be a wonderful time where we can all partake in food together. Next, Wednesday, 2 p.m., prayer meeting here at the church. Those have been going very well. I quite like the, that mid-afternoon uh, time, so 2 p.m. at the church. Uh, 6.30 p.m., Kids Connect, grades 3 to 6 here at the church as well. Uh, for Kids Connect, I believe we still need anybody that is interested in giving food, talk to Amy. If you're interested in giving money uh, for Bibles for the kids, then talk to Christine. And do we still need anyone for woodcrafts? We do. All right. And if you know anything about woodcrafts or uh, even can just wrap your hands around a hammer, like you'll be able to learn just fine. So for woodcrafts, talk to Christine as well. Oh, yes. If you go to the back there next to where the, the sign up is, if any hymn that you might want 
uh, sung in the future. There is also sample Bibles that you can look at as well. Those would be the ones that they're getting for the kids. So go have a look. They're, they're really cool. All right. Next, girls Bible study, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. at Bethany's house on Thursday. And then on next Sunday, 9.45 a.m., Sunday school, 10.45 a.m., worship service. And in line with that, we're going to skip down to February 17th to 19th. Volunteers are needed at the Valley View Swatting Hill. I talked to Emily Wright yesterday, and uh, there is still people that are needed for the Saturday and the Sunday, and she needs about nine more people. So if you are at all interested at serving on that hill, then get in touch with either her or get in touch with me. There is people needed for the canteen as well as outside. And it isn't a terribly physical thing. You mostly just stand up on the hill and make sure that people are using the tow rope well or that people are going down well or right at the bottom to make sure they can go up. It's a pretty easy job and I've done it before and it is, it is rewarding. So I would encourage you all, uh, if you have some time on Saturday or on Sunday afternoon next week, get in touch with either Emily or me. That is a wonderful ministry that we can do there. I encourage you to. All right. Then February 23 to 26, there is going to be a Men's Discipleship Weekend at Valley View Bible Camp. You can check out their website. It's called 24-7. It's right there on the big banner right on the front. Uh, then you can find out all the information there. And February 26th, we're going to have our loud music night in the church. And Mike is on deck for that. And uh, talking to him two weeks ago, he's excited. And so I'm excited. So it's going to be a good time. So... February 26th in the evening, loud music at the church. Anything, oh, one other thing I even wrote in here myself and then missed. Uh, also, if you're interested in being baptized, come talk to me. I'd love to have that conversation. Or if you're interested in becoming a member of the congregation, come talk to me as well. Love to have that conversation as well. We're thinking probably spring, summer, but you can figure out that depending upon who comes forward. It is an important step in the life of all believers to be baptized as our Lord was baptized. So come and talk to me about it if you're interested. All right, any more announcements? Before I forget, I am also volunteering on the Hill, just so you don't think that I'm trying to push other people into it so I don't need to. I'm there Friday evening, and it's going to be great. But, all right, no other announcements? Then let's go for the items of prayer. And we have been praying for Frank Bennett's family uh, since his passing. There is a lot of complications in figuring out his affairs uh, and his estate. And so we want to continue praying for them as they work through that. We also want to just pray for all of us as we are in this weird no man's land of grieving the passing of Frank, but a funeral we're waiting for the body before we can have that and for this to be figured out. And so, let's continue to pray for all of us as we think about Frank's passing. And we want to pray thank you to our Lord for unity among the churches in the area as well. I had a pastor's prayer breakfast on, oh, that was on Tuesday, and that's something that all of the pastors from across all of western Manitoba could all say about the churches in their town, is, is that for the reasons that they are not completely sure about, the different area churches are working together in ways that they just haven't in recent memory. And so that is clearly God at work there as well. And so we want to thank him for that and also pray a continuum on that. Because when all of God's churches are working on that same page to build his kingdom, that is when we see amazing things happen. So we want to pray a thank you for that. And so please bow with me now in a word of prayer. Our God, we come before you this morning, first off in praise, first off in praise for these reports that are coming from across western Manitoba and from elsewhere as well, of how your different churches have begun to work together in ways that they haven't in a while. And I can, I can say for myself here in McGregor and Austin, that, that is true also. It is wonderful to be together, working to build your kingdom, working to follow you. So, Lord, we pray that you continue building those relationships, that you continue cultivating that soil so that wonderful things can grow. 
But Lord, we thank you for all of the ways that we have seen it happen so far. And we look forward to seeing what you will do with it going forward. God, we say thank you for. And God, we also want to bring before you, once again, Frank Bennett's family. We want to bring before you his nieces as they work to get his estate in order. Lord, we thank you for the hard work that they have done on his behalf so far. And Lord, we pray that they figure out the rest of what needs to be done as well. And Lord, we look forward to when we can celebrate his life together. We thank you for how you have been at work so far. And Lord, we look forward to praising how he has lived a life for you together. God, all of these things we bring before you. We thank you so very much for all of the ways that you work in our congregation, in the people here this morning, as well as in the town around us. Lord, we thank you for how we see these wonderful things unfold. And God, we pray for all of the ways that you will work yet, and we look forward to them. In your name we pray, amen. So, two weeks ago was the last time I was on deck preaching, and two weeks ago we talked about why I am a pacifist. Now, we're not going to be talking too much about pacifism this morning, but there was a number of things that we hit on in that sermon that we're going to come back to today. And some of the big ones are, we talked about in that sermon, how us as Christians were called to live a life that is, and here again, I use this term very particularly, we are called to live a life that is pro-life. That term has been co-opted to almost exclusively talk about abortion at this point. But what I mean when I say that is is that we are to live a life that with all that we do, we build the kingdom around us. With all that we do, we cause the life around us to thrive. There is hope that our Lord gives us in the future because of how we work. We can see God's love, and because of that, around us is a better place and life thrives as a result. That is something that we as Christians are called to live as. We also talked about the Beatitudes. We talked about how as Christians we are called to build the kingdom of heaven as our Lord teaches. And we talked about how the Beatitudes are kind of the example of what that kingdom coming will look like. There are the people in the Beatitudes who are low in our society around us, who that kingdom will see lifted up. And as Christians, it's our job to work to lift them up. And we can also see a description of what the citizens of that coming kingdom that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will build with our help. There's a description of who those citizens are. And with all that we do and how we move towards God and work in ourselves, we should every day find ourselves more represented in that list in the Beatitudes. We talked about all that and like a million things more, but that is kind of where we're going to be continuing on from today. Because after that message, then Michael spoke last week, and now we come to what is probably one of the most impacting passages in the entirety of the Bible. And I say that because it's one of the most practical passages in the entirety of the Bible. And because of that, you will find no matter where you go, you come across Christians, this is a passage that has changed many of them, myself very much so included. And the reason why it is such a very practical passage is that if the Beatitudes are a description of who the kingdom of heaven is for and what the citizens of the kingdom of heaven will look like, then what our passage today is is a description of how we get from A to B. And so, if you have your Bibles on you, then Matthew 5, 21 to 37 is what we went over, but I'm pretty much going to be focusing on just 21 to 26. And there is a reason that I'll be focusing just on this little section, because as you heard when Bethany so wonderfully read it, 
There is a repetition to it. Each one of these sections, it sounds very similar, just with its own focus. And there's a reason for that that we're going to talk about in just a bit. It's a key to how we need to read these passages. And if any of this sounds familiar to some of you, it's because two summers ago, we went into each one of these in quite an amount of depth. And so if you find yourself interested or if there's something that you really wanted me to talk about and we just didn't get there, go on the website, search up Sermon on the Mount in the sermon section. You can find yourself in exactly what you want to know about. We went over the whole thing. But today, just 21, mostly to 26. But how that, that repetition goes is, is that, first off, Jesus says something that is something that is usually quite hard for us to disagree with. It's something that is just common sense. It is something that we all would live by. And here in the beginning, we have, you have heard that the law of Moses says, do not murder. If you commit murder, then you are subject to judgment. I dare say that nobody that's here this morning is going to particularly disagree with that. And it's because it's a very good thing to live your life by. Don't go out killing people. And it's such an important thing that we should live by that we'll also note that if what the Beatitudes are is who we are striving to be as the citizens of the kingdom of heaven, it's who we're trying to see lifted up so we can get to that, then it's kind of hard to be for murder and also live for these people and try to be these people because if you're murdering left, right, and center, then it's, well, the mourning will always keep mourning and those who are gentle will just always be kicked in the teeth and the merciful will always be taken advantage of and how can you be a peacemaker if that is the situation? So, don't murder lest you be judged. That is an important thing that we can all agree on. But then, Jesus does something that we might not expect. He criticizes that command to not kill people. And what are we going to take from that? When he says in the next part, but I say to you, if you're even angry at someone, then you are subject to that same judgment. Is Jesus actually fairly pro-murder? Is that what we're taking out of this? I don't think so. He's the son of God. How you're supposed to read this next part, according to my own spending a lifetime studying it, and as well as, and more importantly, talking to a number of other people that are far more intelligent than I have. They do exist. Many of them are here in this room, people far more smart than I am. How you are supposed to read this is instead like this. If you are somebody who is quick to anger, then you can say to the best of your extent that you're never going to murder somebody. But I ask you, are you living in a way that's actually consistent with that? Because as many people can unfortunately tell you, somebody that lets their anger get away from them frequently, that has a way of escalating. That has a way of becoming a bigger and bigger thing. And it has a way of becoming such a big thing that if you let your anger always get away from you and you never deal with it, then don't be surprised if one day in a fit of whatever, that even though you say you shall not murder, it might happen anyway. And so if you're somebody who lets your anger get away from you frequently, are you really living in line with that thing that you say that you believe that you shall not murder. It actually gets worse than that. Because if you live as somebody that lets their anger get away from them constantly, that tends to be focused on the people that you're closest to. And the sad truth is, is that for a number of them, 
they might be living in such a way that they might be wishing they were dead instead. I've talked to people like that, and it's heartbreaking. So if you were somebody that lets your anger get away from you constantly, are you living in line with what you say, that you shall not murder? Very emphatically, you're not. That's what Jesus' critique on that command is. It's all fine and fair to say that you don't believe in murder, but are you living in a way that actually is in line with that? Are you living in a way that actually backs that up? And if you are somebody who lets their anger get away from them constantly, no, you are not. Which then we come to verse 23. Yeah, verse 23. And Jesus offers us a solution. So if you were standing before the altar in the temple offering a sacrifice to God and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, then you leave your sacrifice there beside the altar and you go and be reconciled to that person. Then you come to sacrifice to God. This is a period of time where sacrificing before the Lord is something you do not miss. That is something that is like the pinnacle of just, you need to do that in order to live in this society. And what Jesus is saying, what the Son of God himself is saying, is that if you are angry with someone, you make it right before you do this thing that is the cornerstone of how our society works. You do this thing before you do anything. Because that's how you address the anger in your own life. It's not by doing some grand things and just saying, right here, right now, cold turkey, I'm never going to get angry again. It's instead by choosing to live in such a way that little step by little step, you will become someone who has their anger more under check now than they have before. It's about heading in that direction. It's about doing those little things. It's about working towards something. And then you will be living in life that is in line with saying that you do not murder. Then you will be living a life that is in line with the people of the Beatitudes. Then you'll be living a life that builds the kingdom of God. Some wisdoms on top of that would go something along the lines of if you find yourself constantly having issues with your anger, that isn't to say that suddenly you never will again. And also, like, you need to separate yourself from someone, or if you need to be separated yourself from someone, then do that. But how you address these big things in your life is by taking little steps. And then when you take enough of them, even if it's something you struggle with for the rest of your life, don't be surprised if you get better the farther you go. Each one of these that Jesus talks about. So the next one is teaching about adultery, the next is divorce, the next is vows, revenge, enemies, and going on throughout the rest of the sermon. That is how they work. You are living in a way that says this. Well, no, you declare that this is how we should be. All good. Are you living in a way that actually is in line with that? And if you aren't living in a way that is in line with that, here are some little things that you can do to move in that direction. And with the help of our infinite God, don't be surprised when the little things add up and you find in your life you are doing the big work of building the kingdom around you. That is 
what our passage today is. And that's why I say that it's probably the most practical boots on the ground of all passages in the Bible because it gives us a template. It gives us a template that we can follow for how we address the inconsistencies in our own life, how we address the problems in our own life, how we build the kingdom in the world around us, how we deal with the big problems that are in the world around us. And what that is, is we ask ourselves, are we living life in a way that actually helps to build the kingdom as we say we are? And if not, what are the little things that we can do around us to actually do that? Because those little things, with the help of our God, become bigger things, become bigger things. Like pebbles you throw in a lake, that the ripples become a wave. That is what our passage is today. And because of that template, we can take this and we can apply it to our lives in all sorts of ways. Because while all of these things still bear true as far as how we live in our world today, we'll also admit that there are a number of problems in the world around us that aren't reflected. That we would also say are key to building the kingdom of our Lord. Our passage today is one that teaches us that it isn't good enough to just say that we believe these things and so the kingdom will be built. It's a passage where our Lord Jesus implores us, examine yourself. Are you living in a way that is actually in line with building the kingdom of heaven? Are you living in a way that is actually lifting up the people that the kingdom will see lifted up? Are you living in a way where every day you can see yourself more clearly in the Beatitudes than you could the day before? And if you're not, change it. And that might seem impossibly big, but it's just these little things that you can change in how you deal with the people next to you. It's these little things that you can change in your life that will make the lives of those around you into a better place than it was yesterday. Where there can be hope again, where there can be security again, where there can be the love of our Lord seen through you. They might seem little, but with the help of our God, they add on to each other until big things happen. And so I ask you, look at yourself. In what ways are you living that you hold dearly, that you believe are building the kingdom? things you proclaim the loudest? And are you living in a way that actually is in line with that? Because if you're not, there are a million small things you can begin today that will change that. And they will make, with our Lord's help, our kingdom come. Amen. We're having communion. I'd like to ask the servers to come forward. Communion is a very fitting thing to have now because we talked about the passage on the Sermon on the Mount that Paul quotes. For this is what the Lord himself said, and I pass it on to you. Just as I received it, there we go. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body which is given for you. 
Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as you drink it, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Communion is a wonderful thing. Communion is how all of us believers come together looking at our Lord, joining in this thing. And when I say all of us believers, I don't just mean everybody that's here this morning. I mean everyone in church across McGregor. I mean everyone in church across Western Canada. Everyone in church across the world. And in the same way, all the Christians that have come before us that have done this same thing, going all the way back to when Jesus was at that table with his disciples. We join together with them and our Lord in communion. It is a wonderful thing. At McGregor EMC, we believe that it is open to all believers in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have little ones with you, though, I would ask that you make that decision, parents, as far as where they are at. But please bow with me now in prayer. Our Lord, we come before you in praise. We come before you in thanksgiving that in this we can join together, in this we can see you more clearly than we did before. Lord, we pray that it is in us. We pray that it changes us. Lord, we pray that through your spilled blood and your body that we partake in now, we will have exactly what it takes to always strive closer to you. So now we pray to you in our own minds and we bring before you all the things that we have fallen short of and so we can prepare our hearts to partake in communion.
And together we eat. And together we drink. And I'd ask that you join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Please stand as we sing uh, our closing song, I Surrender All. We'll sing verses 1, 2, and 3, and then we'll pause for the benediction and then sing the final verse and chorus together. Again, potluck is immediately following. Things are being put into place. And if your name starts with an A through M, then if you can, please help clean up afterwards as well. Uh, and also, as I said before, the passage we covered today talked about many things that I didn't even get to. And we went through all of them in a lot more depth two years ago. So website, search in Sermon on the Mount, you'll, you'll find it. But today... For our benediction, we turn to the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go now and serve our God.
dismissed. Mm -hmm.